You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCreary, your host, and I'm also the leader for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm being joined by Ben Madrell, the president of LifeWay, and we're going to be looking at session five, which is our Easter lesson. We'll be looking at Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Ben, thank you for joining us today. Hey, it's great to be with you. And man, what a great passage for us to get to study. One of the, one of the most fun passages to preach as a pastor, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, I love getting to teach on Easter Sunday. It's the best Sunday to teach a Bible study, without question. Absolutely. Uh, Hope is in the air. Oh, yeah. In Luke 24, the crucifixion's already happened. The burial's taken place. Sabbath is over. And it's Sunday morning. And there's a group of women in verses one through five, there's a group of women who are returning to the grave of Jesus on that Sunday with the intent of adding spices to the body. When they arrived, they found the stone had been removed, but they did not find the body of Jesus. Instead, two men appeared to them and they were terrified by what they saw. Now, in our outline, we've entitled this particular section, verses one through the first part of five, as return. And the main point there that we're focusing on is that all people must respond to the empty tomb of Jesus. As we keep reading the passage in verse 5, the second half of verse 5 through verse 7, we then find these two men questioning the women about searching for the living among the dead. They declare to them that Jesus has risen just as he promised when teaching in Galilee. We've entitled this section in the outline, Remember. And the main point here is that Jesus arose just as he promised he would do. In verses 8 through 12, we then find the women leaving the tomb and reporting their experience to Jesus' followers. Some of those folks who heard the report didn't believe the women, but Peter went to see for himself. He found only the linen clothes in the tomb and went away amazed. We've entitled verses 8 through 12 in our outline report. And the main idea here is that the news of Jesus' resurrection should be shared with all people. So let me just go through those three things real quick. Verses 1 through the first part of 5 is return. Verses 5 through 7 is remember. And verses 8 through 12 is report. That's how we've outlined this passage. Now, Ben, one of the things we have in our pack for this particular Sunday uh, for people to use is is a handout entitled Proof of the Resurrection. And on that handout, there are some 13 different bullet points that list proof of the resurrection. The idea would be to to make a photocopy of this, hand it out to the group and allow them to look at it, gain some insight from these. Fifth item on the list, it, it simply says this, the testimony of women as the first to see the risen Lord. And that's one of the proofs of the resurrection here. Or how do women being the first eyewitnesses add credibility to the account here in Luke 24? Luke even lists the women in verse 11. What's the value of him doing that in this passage? Well, I think there's a lot of things going on here. I I do think it continues to show Jesus's mission in that he appears to the lowly. He, He surrounds himself with people who are not the highly respected rabbis. He he has a somewhat motley crew of an inner circle, uh, a, a very miscellaneous group. And so 
by the way Jesus selected his leaders and by the way he appeared after the resurrection, it continues to be consistent that what he really wants is to go after the people who are not the notables, the respectables, the aristocracy, but the everyday person. And as we know, the role of women in that day, unfortunately, their testimony was not considered credible. And so Jesus appears to them first and turns the whole system upside down, which is what he did time and time again. If you were going to pick somebody to be the first witnesses, you wouldn't have picked women to have done it for sure. You would have picked maybe, you might have wanted the high priest to be the first one to see it. But that's not what Jesus did, which I, I find great comfort in knowing us regular people have a place in, in the story here. The regular people are the ones that he continues to appeal to. Appeal to. It's, the, it's the shepherds. It's the, the, the lowly down and out demoniac. It's those kinds of people that Jesus seems most concerned with. And, and I just find it interesting. If it were me, of course, I'm not, obviously not the Lord. I would have gone to Pilate first. <laughs> I would have gone straight to him and said, hey, you remember a few days ago when you were in my face questioning who I was and if there was anything true in the world? Take a look at these holes in my hands. And yet he does not appear to the doubters and skeptics. He appears to his faithful, lowly witnesses. Now, one of the things that strikes me here in this passage is that the, the two men that are talking to these women asked them if they remember what Jesus said in Galilee apparently they'd forgotten what he had said. Why is it so easy for us to forget when it comes to what Jesus taught and what Jesus said? You know, it's, it's, it's really easy for us in modern day to look back on the disciples and just ask questions about why were they so slow to comprehend things? I mean, how, how could he have been more clear? After three days, they're going to raise me up again. And they still questioned and wondered, you know, I think it just goes to show that most of us, whether we like it or not, are slow to grasp spiritual things. I mean, just think about, uh, you know, when you hear a sermon or you hear a good Bible study is it sometimes takes a while for things to sink in. Very few times do we have that aha moment that all of a sudden we get it. It takes us time. And, and it seems to be in the scriptures that Time and time again, people had to go back and remember what Jesus said. They were like connecting dots and putting the whole thing together. Hindsight's twenty twenty. They just didn't have the luxury of that. Yeah, we, we can read, we can read one of the gospel accounts probably in a couple of days if we're not not even trying hard, and that's uh, that's three years of time and a whole bunch of experiences that are compressed for us into into that one quick read. And it's probably not fair for us to think about uh, the disciples and others as not being able to connect the dots that quickly because it's a three-year time period that we're reading. Yeah, and I think it just continues to show us that discipleship is a process. And uh, it happens differently with different people, but we, we tend to learn a lot over time. It takes God time to change us. And so you, you see people in the New Testament gathering data points and all of a sudden, it, the picture is becoming more and more clear. And you see that happen in this passage. And I think everybody has stories about that, about moments when they remember when something really clicked for them. Even though they had heard it before, it clicked for them on that day. That's the way a lot of people's testimonies are. You think about how many times you may have read a Bible passage, and you've read it 10, 15 times, and that 15th time, all of a sudden, there's one phrase that jumps out. And everything all of a sudden makes sense to you. And you sit there and think, why didn't I see this 
two years ago when I read this that time. I, I, it would have been very helpful to me. Well, this is, this is an important principle in reading all kinds of books, but in particularly the Bible. The reason we read it over and over again is that as life changes us, we read it with different eyes. We're different people. Life changes us. It changes our perspective. It causes us to see everything from a different angle. And so, you know, when we come to the Bible, we're not coming as a blank slate. We're bringing all of our experiences with us and things start to click over time. And that's why scripture challenges us to be disciplined because over time through discipline, God changes us. Now, there will be people in our classes uh, this Sunday, uh, on Easter Sunday, who will, who will say, oh no, we're going to be studying the resurrection again. We study it every year at Easter. Well, what we've just talked about is one reason why we study it every year at Easter. Uh, for those who know the story, there's always a new uh, perspective. There's things that happened since last year and the year before and the year before that that change how we view that story. As a pastor, I can tell you when a family has lost a loved one in the last year, Easter is an entirely different experience. It's oh, yeah. the loss of loved ones that really causes Easter to come alive. Yeah, my dad passed away uh, in, in June of, of 2019. And uh, even though it was different anyway because of COVID uh, in, in the last year's last, Christ, last Easter, it was, a, it was a much different experience because of, of, of dealing with my dad's death. Uh, and it helped me think through Easter in a whole different way. Um, and and yes. this, this particular passage, too, made me think through it. The, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I'm thinking, you know, you go, I go to a, a, a grave to see, to see where dad's buried and those kind of things. And I'm sitting there thinking, why did you go there to see the, the dead? He's not dead. He's living. He's waiting for you on the other side, son. I mean, you know. Yeah, I know as a teacher over the years of the Bible, it's so important to bring a fresh word every time you teach the Bible because people are coming with all kinds of things on their hearts and minds. And just because you've heard it before doesn't mean it's clicked for them. And so as teachers, God calls us to continue to passionately teach these key texts. And there is, you know, as Paul said, if there's no resurrection from the dead, we're more to be pitied than all men. This is the, the real heart of the gospel right here. The, at the end of this particular section of scripture, verse 12, we find Peter, there's some verbs, some, some adjectives that are used here. He got up, ran, stooped, looked in, saw, went away, amazed. How do these things compare to how a person might respond to the news of the resurrection today? Well, obviously we all wish we could have been there. We could have had the tangible evidence, you know, we didn't get to touch his side like doubting Thomas. And, you know, I think there's some resentment we feel in modern day that we didn't get to see that. Like it, it feels like they had the easy way out. They got to see it with their own eyes. And Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet still have believed. So faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Uh, and so it does help, though, to go back and read these first century accounts and be able to see it through Peter's eyes, to be able to see it through the eyes of eyewitnesses. That's why God gave us four gospels and not just one. We get a lot of different looks at what happened in the early church that caused the explosion and eruption of Pentecost. Uh, and so when you read these documents, you feel like you're reading a living document, even though it's history. 
been kind of interesting to think about how Peter really understood what happened at that moment when he looked in that, that tomb. You know, you wonder also, knowing what we know about the abuse, the suffering, the beatings that Peter was going to go through, you know, tradition tells us that he was likely crucified upside down. Uh, the kind of physical suffering that he and the disciples were going to face, it's almost like they needed to see this with their own eyes to have the kind of faith and motivation that what they saw was real. And so, you know, Peter is blessed to have this moment where he sees the empty tomb. And from that moment on, we, we see a different Peter than, than pre uh, crucifixion. From this moment on, Peter becomes an outspoken, uh, bold evangelist and pastor and church leader. Are there any other insights that you would share from Luke 24, 1 through 12? I, you know, whenever I'm preaching the resurrection and talking through the resurrection, I think it's so important to realize that everybody's in a different place in their faith journey. Uh, we Just because we've read these passages over and over and we're convinced by them, we can't assume as teachers that there aren't some people in the room that are really struggling to believe this, uh, that are wrestling with it, of, are wondering why they buried their their father 15 years ago and it's been quiet ever since how can we have faith that we're going to see our loved ones again these questions though as as christians we sometimes bypass them these are the fundamental christians that many people are asking when they start looking for a church again because they're searching for god in the midst of a dark world these resurrection passages are some of the most glorious passages we could be talking about this is the primary issue in the church even though we sometimes get wrapped up in small conversations about secondary themes. As long as we're talking about the resurrection, what happened here in, in chapter 24, we're really focused on the right things. Yeah, there's nothing more exciting than this phrase, he is not here, he has risen. That's right. Um, and I think it's a good time at Easter. It's a really good time to be mindful of brothers and sisters who have lost loved ones in the last year. It's really a time to encourage those folks, comfort them, be aware that, that Easter brings up all the emotions of the grave. Uh, and so this is a time for the church to minister to one another and be sensitive to where one another is with death and loss. Now that's, a, that's an important word for us to keep in mind uh, as we think about the folks who will be sitting across from us when we present this, this Bible study. Uh, in our Bible study groups this week. That's right. And thank you for being with us today. I greatly appreciate your time. Uh, from time to time, we mention different resources in the Explore the Bible family. We mentioned the Leader Pack today. There's also Adult Commentary, Quick Source, just to name a few. You can find out more about all the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. That's goexplorethebible.com, no spaces. I want to thank you for listening to us this week and We'll be looking for you to join us again next week. Next week, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 19. We'll be looking at an encounter with Jesus is going to have with a man climbed up in a tree named Zacchaeus.